On this week's episode of the Racing Junkies podcast, we discuss Bristol Night Race is coming up. Martin Truex Jr. dominates in Richmond. Max and Lewis collide, and McLaren won too. Let's get into it. Kyle Busch is an ass. Alright, beautiful man. My back, beautiful. my back is so sore <laughs> from not what? Uh, just going to the gym. But it's not as sore as what Pierre Gasly's is. Ooh, yeah. You saw that that I, the thing I sent you. Yeah, I had a mini heart attack when you sent me that this morning. So basically, <laughs> what we're talking about is there was a meme, and it was that Pierre Gasly. Uh, was going to be out for the Russian Grand Prix because he was his back was so sore. And I was expecting because of the crash, like when I was reading it, because he had the crash in Monza. But no, it's because he was carrying Yuki the whole year. Oh yeah, he's carrying the entire team. Like he's like the Energizer Bunny, just doesn't stop and just puts out. You know. Yeah. All right. So we'll get into that later. First, <laughs> yeah. NASCAR. Oh, NASCAR. Oh NASCAR, where to the start? The red-headed with? stepchild. <laughs> <laughs> it's got it, it's a that's uh, a good uh, uh, metaphor. That's just yeah. like what the fuck. <laughs> at times <laughs> it's it's at times it's literally what the hell. And what we have a what the hell moment coming up later when it comes to the the schedule. But first, it's like when your Richmond. wife bangs a mailman and then it's like this kid doesn't look like me. That's NASCAR. Anyway, continue. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> so we started off in Richmond this week, and we had a day race and a night race. It was the Xfinity in the day and the Cup at night. Per- personally, I kind of like the Xfinity race more. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was an exciting race. Uh, Noah Gregson went on to win it for back-to-back week, and Dale Jr. was in it as well. So was he Dale really? Jr. Actually, yeah, he raced this week. He, oh. he does one race a year. And he chose Richmond this year to do it, which I don't blame him because Richmond's an amazing racetrack for a driver. Yeah, Richmond's pretty cool. So, um, yeah, basically, Dale Jr. pissed off some people, uh, was on a strategy that could potentially win the race and just got a speeding penalty. Silly Dale. Silly guy. Um, But yeah, I was was a really big fan of it. I enjoyed the race. I thought it was good racing. Uh, Guys who got side by side could pass each other. And it was a short track race. And it was because Richmond is so worn out, it was so hot and slick, they actually had to drive the cars. Thank you. You mean like they actually have Thank to let you. off the throttle and like maybe even brake? Oh, they definitely had to brake. <laughs> no way. What's it's this beautiful. sci-fi technology? That's, that's two That's two weeks in a row they had to use the brakes. I, I think I think their, uh, their left foot's getting a little sore. <laughs> so as I say, I guess their foot's probably getting a bit sore. Yeah, a little bit. Um... But the NASCAR, the uh, the cup race in the evening was actually pretty good. Like people were bitching about it that the last stage was boring, mm. but you know what? It was a good race because you had people that could pass each other, and just the best car won the race. So are you guys really going to complain when the best car wins the race in a non gimmicky race, and then what? complain about gimmicks a week later? Like this, this fan base is so bipolar. I swear to God, the fact that it's predictable like is it. kind of a good thing. Because it means there's no gimmicks, and that's like, what should happen exactly. does happen. Exactly, and you know what? It means that we had drivers out there that could actually drive the cars. Because I think the Cup cars actually have, when they're running this package, more horsepower than the Xfinity cars. So they're going to have to control the throttle more for less tire fall off, so they can control the tires more, and not spin the back of the car out, right? Yeah. So, props to the Cup drivers that could drive the cars and not have a caution come out. You know, and they could be side by side. And guys could come and go as the night went on. Like, it was just a good overall race. Good racing. Which is rare exactly. now. Which and is horrible. Like, this fan base is so divided that they want... Half of them want good racing, like I do. And good racing does not equate passing each other all the time and wrecking a thousand cars. Good racing equates to, you know, one or two cautions here and there. And guys coming up through the field and just driving more impressively. One or two cautions when they're warranted, when they actually when they're warranted, and consistency when they're throwing cautions. Exactly, 
But yeah, you know what? And people are complaining, oh, Richmond shouldn't even have a second race. You know what? You can kiss my ass, okay? <laughs> it's a short track. Because then you complain that Richmond is boring, but Richmond's a short track. <clears throat> and you complain, you claim you want more short tracks. What do you want? Please tell me. <laughs> it's like it's like when your girlfriend wants to go eat somewhere. It's like, you can choose anywhere. I don't care. And then it's like, you want to go McDonald's? No. Do you want to go Wendy's? No. But you can go anywhere. It's like, God. <laughs> exactly. No, no, no. That's literally the perfect metaphor again. Man, our metaphor game is on point today, okay? Dude. Amount of metaphors? The, re- the red-headed stepchild. The mailman, which I don't want to talk about. <laughs> and... Whatever you just said, I forget already. But it was amazing. Yeah, I know, right? Um, so then Kurt Busch, he blew a tire in the first stage. So they came down for a pit stop. And I wonder, they mentioned on the broadcast, Kurt Busch had his pit crew, a bunch of them tested positive or were close contacts of COVID, so they were out. So they took a bunch of Ross Chastain's guys and brought them over. So you had a mixed crew, right? Oh, whoa. Because wait, because they wanted Kurt Busch, who's in the playoffs, to have the best guys. You don't want guys coming in off the bench to be on your best guys one, right? Right, just take them right from another team or right from another driver. Like we've seen this before, where midway through the race in Texas, a couple like probably ten years ago now or twelve years ago now, um, Jimmy Johnson was in contention for the for a championship, mm-hmm. and his guys just weren't getting the done, job done on pit road. So Chad Kenhouse's crew chief literally went down to Jeff Gordon's pit crew. And took the Jeff Gordon's pit crew and swapped them with Jimmy Johnson's pit crew. <laughs> so you had Jeff Gordon's guys pitting them, and I think Johnson ended up either winning the race or had enough. It helped him get enough points to win the championship. Pit crew is a huge um, consideration when you come into like that kind of stuff. Exactly the amount of pit row penalties like this weekend was crazy. I think I think Martin Truex Jr. had to start at the back or something. But I don't think that was pit crew related. Uh, oh, it was because he jumped the he jumped the start of the race. That wasn't pit crew related. Oh. But Kyle Busch had another pit road incident. What did he do? And he still. Uh, I don't remember how they described it. I've never seen this rule before. I think it was pit crew interference is what it was labeled as, and it was because when you're on the right front of the car taking the tire off, they roll it in front of the car to the pit wall, right? Yeah. And when he rolled it to the pit wall, the guy at the pit wall didn't catch it, and it rolled out into the guy in front of him, his box, and like maybe hit one of their crew guys or something, the tire. It didn't hit him hard or anything, but it infringed on him. So he got a penalty for that. And that's one of those like weird, obscure rules that like are in the back of the rule book that just happen every once in a while. You're like, what, what happened? It makes sense, though. It does make sense. And it, I, I like the fact that it's a rule, and I like the fact that they would call something like that because it means that they are still keeping track of like every single rule. Mm-hmm. And it was early enough in the race that Kyle Busch drove back up to ninth and had a solid day. Well, you love to see it. You yeah. love to see it. Um, so, yeah, no, it, it was an okay weekend at Richmond. Um, I wouldn't call it the best race of the season by but far, we definitely but I wouldn't have call seen, it the worst either. We de- yeah, we definitely seen worse. Like, the 750 package, in my opinion, is, like, perfect for the short tracks. But on higher, like, on Kansas and all that, I like to see, like, 950 a thousand horsepower now we're talking (laughs) now we're getting there now we're getting somewhere which can i just bring up the next gen car real quick yeah um i saw they were doing pack testing at daytona so they're driving like six or seven of them Mm -hmm. and they just sound like civics with fart cans on them man (laughs) i'm not kidding like i tweeted i think i said the fart can 500 that's what it sounds like it's like the opposite of what a v8 should sound like yeah, it, it was like, oh, it's, not, it's, just, it's just, they sound sick. Not sick as in good, but sick as in, like, sick. Like, like not well. <laughs> yeah, like, not well, because I think they got them to t- tone down so much or tune down so much that they're just... It's what you hear when know. you go out at 3 a.m. and all the Civics drive by, just, you know, in third... Like when they drop... No, it's like when they drop into the lowest gear, like, or the highest gear, like, you know what I mean? Like, where they're not at that point where they should be and they like sink it they're like oh oh they get bogged down or like yeah where they bog it down it yeah. sounds like they're coming off a bog down like what well it, also like nascars have like really wide range transmissions right because only four speeds mm-hmm oh yeah that's a lot of it too yeah because that that's like oh my god think about four speeds and on in fourth gear you gotta get it like 200 miles an hour like that's a really wide 
Mm-hmm. Oh, it takes a long time to get them wound up. Oh, it would. Holy shit, it would. I think it, like it used to be at Daytona, like it was. I think usually about a lap before you had full speed. Really? Yeah, and that's coming to the restart zone at like seventy miles an hour. So you're already starting at seventy miles an hour, and it takes you a bit of a lap to get up to the two hundred. Gosh. Like changing gears, you got to be like red line, and then you'll still be bogged like every time you change gear. Yeah. Do they have a, a reverse gear? I can't remember. Yeah, they do. Okay. They can back them up. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, Thought so, but wasn't sure. Yeah. Uh, Kurt Busch, he blew a tire. So back to the Kurt Busch thing. Yes, Kurt Busch. I don't Bush. think we ever talked about it. He was on pit road, and I wonder, because he came off pit road, and it wasn't two laps after they went green. You could see him starting to fall back really quickly. Then he went into turn one, and the whole like car just went out from behind him and spun out, and the tire went off the car. Like, the whole tire came off the car. So how'd that happen? Like, what, was the, what was the cause of that? A, like, say it's like a, a leak or just a low tire pressure, probably. Mm. So it's either he ran over debris, or you wonder if just it's a pit crew thing where they knocked a valve stem off. Oh, yeah, that could be it. Or just something weird like that, like... I'm just saying it's a coincidence that he has a new pit crew and that happens on the same weekend. Ooh, that's a good theory, actually. Now you think about it, yeah. That's just how I saw it. It was like, oh, maybe he had something to do with the pit crew, but you well, never know. It, it could, I mean, like, something like that could happen from something very small. That's the thing. Oh, yeah. So there's potential in that theory. Um, there's potential energy. Th- there is potential. But um, didn't you say it was, like, um, it was hot out? Like, real hot? I don't know. It was nighttime. Oh, it was night. Well, never mind then. I was thinking about temperature, but no, that wouldn't be it. I don't think it was overly hot. No, wouldn't have been. Probably um, wasn't that. Yeah. So the top 10 at Richmond, Martin Truex Jr. first, Denny Hamlin second. Like Denny Hamlin starts the playoffs with a first and a second. I guess the ex-wife ain't that distracting. <laughs> Maybe it drives him further. Who knows? Joey Logano third. Chase Elliott fourth, Kyle Larson fifth. Now this Kyle Larson is racetrack. Whoa, still a top five. Still, yeah, still this top five. Racetrack. Well, he started at the back too. Oh, he did. Okay, that makes more sense. Um, and but he was up to like tenth by st- end of stage one or top seven by end of stage one, just kind of stuck there the rest of the night. Ooh. So I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Whatever. Oh well, but it seems like. Denny Hamlin, like uh, Joe Gibbs Racing, has kind of gained a step back on Hendrick Motorsports. Like, you think earlier in the season, it was Hendrick Motorsports was like all four in the top ten consistently. Now you look, it's only two in the top ten, and it's Chase Elliott and Kyle Larson. True, yeah. As the season progressed, it kind of And kinda Joe back. Gibbs now has four guys in the top ten. Penske has all three of their guys in the top ten, and Kevin Harvick is the lone Stuart Haas in the top ten. Yeah, Kevin Harvick, wow, with eight. Eighth place. That's Eighth. awesome. Yes, sir. You love to see it. Captain Consistency here. Captain Consistency. That's all you can call him right now. But yeah, like you got the the Penske guys like showing up again. So you look at this. It's two Hendrick, four Gibbs, one Stuart Haas, and three Penske in the top ten. Now hmm. those are generally pers- like seen as the top teams in NASCAR. I'd say. Yeah, for the most part, top four. You know, you can throw in an RCR, you can throw in a uh, uh, Chip Ganassi Racing, Mm -hmm. but those are the teams that I think of when I think of NASCAR. Is those four? Like you look at the championships the last couple years, aside from Furniture Row, who shut down. It's been those four teams that have won the championships. Pretty much all the way back. I think until probably a Roush Fenway Championship. I think that's how far back you have to go. How long? Because it went. Uh, 2004. Whoa. It's been a while. Though. Yeah. Let me think. Uh, what was last year? Who won last year? Holy crap. Oh, Chase Elliott. Hendrick. Year before that was Gibbs. Year before that was Penske. Year before that was Furniture Row. Basically Gibbs. Furniture Row? That was the team that Martin Shorks Jr. was a part of, and basically they were like a satellite team to Joe Gibbs Racing. Oh. So Joe Gibbs gave them a bunch of equipment, mm-hmm. and then Martin Shorks Jr. was the driver, and he ended up winning a championship with Joe Gibbs' equipment driving against Joe Gibbs. 
so then Joe Gibbs all of a sudden it costs like charged them way more to take the equipment and the furniture roll wasn't making enough money and had to shut down. Oh yeah, Joe Gibbs is a sneaky bunch. Mm, it seems. It's one of the reasons I don't like Joe Gibbs, but you know what? So be it. Yeah, whatever. 2016, that's Jimmy with Hendrick. 2015, that's Kyle Busch with Gibbs. 14, that's Harvick with Stuart Haas. 13's Hendrick. 12 is Penske. 11 Stuart Haas. So 15 and was the last Stuart Haas? Like the latest? No, I'll, I'll, I, 2014. Oh, four, oh, 14, wow. Yeah, but you can't look at it just as in championships because you have to look at it in this way too. Kevin Harvick's made the championship for every single year, except for last year. Yeah, true. In those times. So it's not like they're not there. They're still making the championship for. It's just, you know. it's Yeah, it's a weird bias when you look at it just championships or just whatever, right? Yeah, and then it's back. Five straight Hendricks. Then a Joe Gibbs with Tony in 05. And then, yeah. Kurt Busch in 2004 and Matt Kenseth in 2003 is the last time that a non one of those four teams won the championship. <laughs> That's so. crazy, though. Think of that. But you also look at it this way. Uh, four plus four plus four plus three. That's 17 cars. That's a good, like, almost half the That's field. That's almost half the field. Yeah. So you look at it that way, you know. There's a there's a big discrepancy there. That yeah, well obviously those teams are gonna win, but you look back, Stuart Haas used to be a two car operation. Penske used to be a two car slash one car operation, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. Hendrick was always four, and Joe Gibbs used to be three. Yeah. So you look back and it's like, oh well, you know, Roush Fenway used to have five cars for a lot of years, so you know. It's I mean, not you can't look at it that way. Yeah. It's yeah. It's, it's, just, it's all the now they have it. those many cars, but they used to not have that many cars. Yeah, you got to look at the details of it. You can't just look at it, the big statistics. You got to look into it more. Mm-hmm. So Huge we bias. are going to the Bristol night race this weekend. Yes, mm-hmm. that's gonna be fun. Between this and Martinsville, two best racetracks on the schedule. Everyone's like Daytona, Talladega. Yeah, well, guess what? Martinsville and Bristol are better. Don't <laughs> at me. Just go with it. Don't. Your opinion's wrong. <laughs> Listen, no, it's not. Next, moving on. <laughs> uh, no, Bristol Night Race. It's a crown jewel. Last year, Kevin Harvick versus Kyle Busch for about, I think, 75 laps or more. The two of them just battling for the win. Kevin Harvick ended up winning. Wow. Which was the last time I think Kevin Harvick won a race. What, wow. was that la- what, what like, year was that? One year, one year ago is the last time Kevin Harvick won a race. Whoa. It's crazy. Yeah, I, think I don't like it. saying that. I don't like that. I don't like it either. I want to change, but Stuart yeah. Haas is like not doing too uh too too uh too hot right now. They gotta stop sinking their money into Nikini Mazaspin. <laughs> but anyway, Stuart Haas struggling, we know. Bristol Night Race, amazing, hopefully. Um Maybe. but I think the big thing we gotta look at right now is the playoffs. Maybe this is a uh, cutoff race. Maybe Gene's saving up for like a yacht or something. He's just cutting budgets on everything and just like, yeah. He has to be. <laughs> well, what else could it be? Um, Either he's coming yeah. back hard next year or nothing. This is a cutoff race. Yeah. So it's about to be huge. I know Michael McDowell is basically in a must win. I'm pretty sure William Byron is almost in a must win. Mm-hmm. He's almost out of the playoffs. Willie B is almost out. Not my Willie B. He's just had a terrible first two races. He got caught no. up with his teammate in the first race. In Richmond, he was just invisible. Oh, my God. I, I had him going to the round of eight, I think, man. Did you really? I can't yeah, remember. I did. I'm trying to think I had look. him. I literally had him just missing the... Oh, wait, no. I had him just like... I ha- at no, the... I had him just missing the round of eight. Yeah, uh, me too. <laughs> So that doesn't hurt as badly. Mm-hmm. But I had Alex Bowman missing, which he could miss this round. Uh, Almarola is on the... He's three points to the good. Almarola's in right now. Holy shit. He comes back after all Eric season. Almaroli could make the round of 12. The unluckiest driver this season could make a comeback. Straight up. Uh, I'd love McDowell, to see that. Yeah, my, I hate to break it, Mike McDowell, but you're out. You're out. He's, he's, yeah. Yeah. 
uh, Brad Keselowski is actually quite to the good. So I guess I screwed up that prediction. I think Kurt Busch is like one point out. I think Tyler Reddick's the other guy that's out, but he's not out by much. Like he can make it up. So really, if you're okay, and Kyle Larson clinched mm-hmm. on points, so he's in. Denny Hamlin's in, and Martin Truex Jr.'s in. The rest of them, they have the rest of them have a bad race. They could easily be out. Like you wreck in stage one, you could be out. Oh yeah, it's not that hard to to be out at this point. Like even the guys that are like thirty points to the good, like Joey Logano, I think is like thirty points to the good. He could be out. Wow, it's crazy to think Joey Logano could be out, but like, yeah, I doubt it would be out, but you never know. That's what I'm saying. Is it? it it's it's the problem with the playoffs. One bad race screws you over. Yeah, that shouldn't be what screws you over. No, it shouldn't. You should like if you're one of the top teams and you do pretty consistently and you do well and you work hard all season, you shouldn't have like one mistake at the end that screws it all up. Like you should be awarded for what you've done earlier. Exactly. Like you could have you could with the system you could win thirty five races and not win the championship. Yeah, or you could like win a few races and then win the championship and nothing else before that. I mean, Matt Craft in la- two years ago, I think, in the truck series, won the championship, didn't win a race. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Newman in the first year of the playoffs was one point, one position away from winning the championship against Kevin Harvick. Harvick finished first, Newman finished second, and Newman didn't have a win on the season. God, just change the playoffs already. Just change it. Just- and that was in the first year. Uh, they didn't think that was bad even after that. Like, Matt Kenseth has screwed over NASCAR. <laughs> because in 2003, he won the championship without winning a race. <sighs> he, and that was a full season-long championship. So NASCAR was like, we can't have that happen. So they introduced no, we the, can't have that happen. the chase. <laughs> they introduced the chase. So you had to not you didn't have to win a race to get in the chase, but you just had to be top 10 in points. Mm-hmm. And in the top 10... You race for 10 races, the top, ten, like, everyone raced, but the top 10 had their points reset, and whoever had the most points through those 10 races won the championship. Listen, honestly, if, if NASCAR insists on having a playoffs, do it that way. Yeah. If you insist that you must, must, must have a playoff or else your newborn kid's going to die, do it the chase style, please. Please. I could think of, like, five different systems right now. That would be better than the one we have right now. Like it's Oh, I could name one. That like one? Easily. No, one system. You race points? for 36 races, and the one that has the most points at the end of 36 races wins the championship. That's the thing. It's so It doesn't need to be complicated. The more the more like you add on to it, the more it complicates it, and the worse it is. Just plain and simple, exactly. and it's good. So, speaking of 36 races, we are going into the 2022 schedule. Ooh. Now, uh, my phone is currently updating, so I can't pull it up on my phone. So <laughs> I have to do this from memory. The first thing, the biggest thing, the stupidest thing, NASCAR will be racing at the Los Angeles Coliseum. What? Yeah, Wait. that perfect representation of what I thought when I saw that. How? Do, but how does that... What? How does that they work? They are... Listen to this. They are building... A quarter mile racetrack inside of the Coliseum to run an exhibition NASCAR race in. Uh, Not even points, exhibition. Uh, like, and get this: the headquarters for NASCAR is in Charlotte, North Carolina. Who, who thought this was a good idea? Meaning. These people will be driving across the country, like the truck drivers, mm-hmm. with a car to Los Angeles, putting that car in, like, you know, running that car, probably wrecking that car because it's an exhibition at a quarter mile, is brand new. And then we'll be driving all the way back across the country and then driving to Florida for the Daytona 500. And then in three weeks' time, after going to like LA, driving back out west for NASCAR's West Coast Swing. The fact that it's an expedition expedition match is just, it's, it's the clash. Usually the clash is held at Daytona. Yeah, yeah. And it's just you know they take 
it's not even all the race cars that are in it. It's literally, I think you have to win a race or be so be a champion or past champion or win in polls. I don't know. Something like, like that. There, there's something that qualifies you to get in. Okay. Mm-hmm. And basically, they're holding it in LA. Col- they're literally building a racetrack for this. <laughs> uh, why what? can't we go to a pre-existing racetrack if you insist on going to LA I understand where NASCAR is coming from they want to market it out there I guess yeah but why the hell are we going to build a brand new racetrack for this this is just stupid it's very stupid yeah, I think it's a it's waste of money stupid. It's a waste of money. It's a huge it's waste of money. It's a waste of... Te- NASCAR has been on this kick. we got to save teams money because, you know, we're in a pandemic. Um, we need to save these guys money. Racing expenses. So, you know what we're going to do? We're going to go to Los Angeles for an exhibition race. Yeah, just get, you know, 40 drivers oh, stuff what? and pit crew and everything. Get shipped over there. That's a lot of money. Then building, building the thing. That's a lot of money. Well, hopefully when I pull that, in a bit more viewers. If there was a camera on me when I read that, it would literally be a spitting image of the meme where the guy just looks and goes what <laughs> okay yeah what that is that that's absurd that's that's dumb what are you doing it's so stupid it's like it's completely the next one speaking of taking perfectly good racetracks or places and turning them into shitholes we got the bristol dirt race <laughs> but that's um, fun though that will be right like i whatever listen it, it just go to a real dirt track yeah i'd like a real dirt track the fact that you have to pour dirt on beautiful beautiful bristol exactly kind of sucks and sorry when i said exactly i thought of the meme where it's like all of that guy's quotes where he goes exactly shut up oh yeah yeah i know what you mean uh yeah so yeah i still got that stuck in my head what was i talking about oh (laughs) yes bristol bristol that will be raced on easter weekend why don't we just do like a rally course with like nascars That'd be more fun. Isn't that just... That, that would be pretty fun. <laughs> Wouldn't it? Don't give them any ideas. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, they're racing on Easter weekend. Which usually they don't race on Easter. That is weird. Yeah, usually it's like Easter the first break. Week, which I have mixed feelings about. Because I don't know if it'll do as well. Because you have a lot of these people that are so used to it not being on that week, that day. Mm-hmm. But you look at it, and Thanksgiving is the best day for football all year. Yeah. And Christmas Day is the best day for NBA all year. So maybe NASCAR's trying to make it, you know, Easter would be our best day. Well. And we're going to put something crazy like Bristol Dirt. And it's a night now instead of the day. So props NASCAR for going to night there. That's a it, good well, one. The f- yeah. It's going to take a while. It's going to take a few years for people to get adjusted to it. Because right now it's it's the idea of everyone, every NASCAR fan knows that Easter is a break. So they have to have a few exactly. years of like consistently going racing on Easter and being like, this is a new thing. And then for people to be like, okay, it's a thing now. The first few times probably won't turn out very well. Exactly. In terms I agree of like viewership. What NASCAR has to do is just stick with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The consistency. Because everyone knows that thanksgiving and football go together because they always have gone together so you start this new thing and you got to be consistent with it for it to keep up exactly i mean like i don't know sorry i had to plug my phone in anyway (laughs) (laughs) exactly anyway i just was reaching so that's probably why you hear my chair move but yeah i heard you (laughs) yeah sorry about that anyway what else is there here i think that's pretty well it for nascar oh wait i forgot the schedule yes richmond is no longer a playoff race whoa it will now be uh at the end of summer i think it's a night race um and indianapolis road course is still a road course sadly how many road courses in total do you know i think it's the same amount are they spread out at least or are they still clumped no. up they're still clumped up. Uh, it's gross. They didn't really change much. The only thing that I saw that was like the big notice was the clash, um, Bristol dirt on that that week, mm-hmm. and Richmond being taken out of the playoffs, Kansas being moved earlier in the playoffs, mm-hmm. and Homestead being the second to last race. Oh. Or third to last race. One of those two. Which is awesome because Homestead is the best mile and a half track and Kansas is the second best one. 
So it means you got the two best mile and a half tracks in the playoffs. Back to back. Amazing. Well, not back to back. No, they're not They're not back to back. No, not back to back, but like relatively. Mm-hmm. Like we have the, we, we're looking, we, we're now progressing towards having the best tracks in the playoffs. So yeah. now we just need a less gimmicky ruling system and, um, you know, um, some more stuff, a better point scoring system, and then it'll be, actually be fun. Mm-hmm. My my dream playoff system, right? Yeah. Or not playoff system, but playoff schedule would probably be Darlington, Kansas, Bristol. Like I like Bristol as a cutoff race. Mm-hmm. I like Kansas in there because you add that mile and a half to get it over with. <laughs> yeah. Uh, second round. What are we going for second round here? I I don't even know what the second round is now. Anyway, Homestead's in there, Kansas in there. Get Texas the hell out of there. <laughs> and keep Talladega. I don't care. Like, it's fine. It adds a bit of excitement. Martinsville's great in there. Uh, I want Richmond in there because, well, I like short tracks. Um, I'm not – I'd rather have Phoenix as the last cutoff race of the round of eight and have Homestead finish the season off. Go back to making Phoenix the last race. Yes. That'd be cool. And – and if Atlanta was still old Atlanta, I'd have that over Texas any day of the week in there. But they had to go and Texas. ruin it. Because they had to go and ruin Atlanta. Just like they do all my hopes and dreams. Yeah. I, I'm stopped banking my hopes and dreams on NASCAR. So on that note, back to F1. Yay, F1. Um, interesting weekend. I liked it. It was a good race. Monza. One of the bigger races. You which, know, I, I thought Monza was like... A di- more different track than that. Like less boring, you mean? Like I didn't find it boring. Well, no, it's not I like just, it's not like a boring race. I just but it's didn't a boring... realize that it was three chicanes and a four straightaways. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, like when you look at the layout, it's like, oh, that looks pretty basic, but it actually does make up for pretty good racing. Yeah, I think they should have a DRS zone though, on that straight coming down. Like you know how it's shaped like an L, right? Yeah. So you had the main straight, that's mm-hmm. DRS, that's fine. You go up the, sh- like the chicane, then you go up, and then you have that other chicane, and then you go up, and then you got the two corners that are like twin corners. Yep. I feel like the straight coming down should be DRS. Like the one right, the, a couple turns right before the, the main straight? Like the pit straight? Like the one that's, um, not the one before the parabolica. Parabolica? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's already DRS. That's fine. But there's another straightaway that's coming down. I want that to be DRS. Like there should be three DRS zones there. Yeah. Yeah. In my opinion, it's true. Um, there definitely could be. I don't, I don't know what that would do though if it would create too much passing. Well, they would be too easy to pass. You know what I mean? They're already running the uh, low downforce wings, so mm-hmm. that helps quite a lot. Um, yeah. It's almost weird to see because sometimes I forget. And then I look at the wings and I'm like, why are they so small? I'm like, oh, they're low, low downforce. But yeah, me too. I was looking, I was like, wait a second. So something doesn't look right here. <laughs> they rarely uh, have to change them. Hold on. Wait a second. Hold something up. Right. Wait a minute. Something may alright. Tasting. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no. So what was this catering to a new audience you wrote down? Yeah. So number one, it's because of the sprint race. That's the main thing. Uh, I know, right? Um, they, I mean, they're, I guess the gimmick is that um, shorter attention span from like a younger audience. They just want to see like the first few laps, all the fun, all the, like the, you know, first turn mayhem and all that stuff. They want to see that. And then after that, it just kind of gets bo- quote unquote boring for people. So they want to cater to that and, 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 uh, and do a sprint race and then have more events for people there. So have to pay for three events instead of two uh, main events, you know, aside from practices and stuff, um, to go visit. Um, and of course, you know, you can tell that it's a gimmicky thing because it's it's on the the top, like it's on silver, it's in Silverstone, like last a while ago, and then it's in Monza, so it's big names, people want to see it, um, and now they have to see it in the sprint race format. Kind of sucks. Yeah. Um, I'm just not a fan because it takes away from qualifying. And qualifying is so good. Qualifying is super underrated. <laughs> underrated or overrated? Qualifying <laughs> We're underrated. Going back to this real quick. Qualifying underrated. Hugely underrated. 
That um, okay. <laughs> so throwback to the game last weekend. We were talking about the Red Bull pit crew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Overrated, underrated, and we we're like watching the race, and I all of a sudden I got a message from Calvin right after uh, Verstappen's pit stop mayhem. Overrated, underrated, <laughs> Red Bull pit crew, and I went <laughs> massively overrated now. Yeah, it changed your opinion. <laughs> um, but you know what? If they were even a tenth quicker, we wouldn't have had <laughs> the accident. True. That is true. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> Crazy. Whoa. Really, Red Bull pit crew is who we have to thank for the McLaren one too. <laughs> That's who Daniel should be. His old uh, pit crew guys. Yeah, really though. That's kind of funny. Um, and then another, like another t- topic on like the the catering to a new audience thing. You could tell with um, certain things like the commentators, like uh, Martin Brundle and, and Crofty, they were they were kind of explaining more things. Like mm-hmm. they'll say, you know, drag reduction system instead of DRS, or like one of the banners up top when it says like um, you know yellow flag. It, it yeah. gives a description. It's like reduce speed by forty percent, no overtaking, blah blah blah, right? So it's explaining a lot more of the rules, so you can yeah. tell that like more than any other Grand Prix. So like that they are they know that it's gonna it's gonna try to bring in more audience. That's what they're catering towards for this race. Well, I have no issue with that. If if they're like, I have no issue with them saying what a DRS is or what a yellow flag is, because you know an average person is not going to know it. What I do have no. an issue with is obviously the sprint race. Yeah, I, I like I like it. It's the explaining part's not too bad, um, but it's just when you take one of the nicer races like Monza and you kind of make it a slightly more gimmicky um, and not as like true to what it's been, then it, it kind of gets a little bit. You know, you're crossing the line a little bit. You're crossing the line. Exactly. Exactly. Just don't touch this. Don't touch this. You touch a lot of things. Don't touch this. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, the Daniel Ricardo win. It's huge. Oh my god, that was awesome. Amazing. I was I, that's the most nervous I've been watching an F1 race so far. Oh my god. As a fan, like this is my technically my first full season. What I watched of last year, my first race that I ever watched like was right after the Roman Grosjean trash. That race was my first race. Secure? Like where yeah. George Russell was in the Mercedes? That wasn't the same race. No, wait. No, Wait. That was after. That was secure, though. Yeah, but they did it back-to-back weekends. Remember? But you said the, you said the one after Grosjean's crash. No, no, no. The one, no, the one that was, like, I watched the Grosjean crash. Oh, you like, said, I, I saw you that it had happened, turned on the channel, and then watched the rest of the race. Oh, okay. I thought you said the one after. Yeah, and I saw Lance Stroll flip. <laughs> yeah, no one cared about that. Yeah, everyone forgot about that because of Gr- Grosjean's crash. Yeah, and then I think the one that I, the next one I watched was George Russell's, and the only reason I watched was because I saw, oh my gosh, George Russell's getting a chance at this. Let me see this, right? Yeah, and yeah. I was super hyped about it, and I saw it. I was like, hey, that's kind of good. But I think I, there was like only a couple more races left, so mm-hmm. I watched. I think like one of them, and then I started watching this season. I watched every race this season. Except for Spa. Luckily, I missed out on Spa. <laughs> Luckily. Well, there wasn't much of a race. That's what I mean. Came. Like, I would have been so mad if I sat there for however many hours just watching. The, like, that. The, the, I mean, meme quality is off the charts, but I can't watch rain delay coverage for five hours on a beautiful Sunday. Well, I mean, it, and in that, on that weekend, it was a good thing that I actually recorded it and watched it later. Okay, stop it. I <laughs> know what you're getting at. That's no. the one time, though. That's the one time. Other times, I just get spoiled stuff because I like to check my phone, and I check my phone, and then like someone posts something immediately. It's like, well, the race is spoiled now. But that yeah. time was like, I skipped through it, didn't have to wait too long. Not too bad. But, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway. That's uh, why I don't say what happens unless you message me first saying, are you watching the race? Yeah. <laughs> like, for yeah. example, this weekend, mm-hmm. I think it was when Verstappen's pit crew stopped, like it didn't work well, you messaged me, are you watching the race? I said, yeah. yeah. And what happened was the Canadian broadcast went to commercial, but they have side-by-side, so you can still see what's happening. You just can't hear it, but you can hear the commercial. So mm-hmm. usually when that happens, I was also studying for a test, so I muted it, and I was just reading my book. And then I was messaging you, and then I looked up, and all of a sudden, I just see a Mercedes and a Red Bull on top of each other. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> like, what? Um, I was like, 
what a time to go to commercial there uh tsn, TSN. god damn it tsn <laughs> so uh, then it comes back and it's like oh my god that's hamilton and verstappen no well what's funny is that i had a similar situation where i was watching the race and then i was like oh my laundry's done so i go down to get my laundry i come back up and that's the like it just got cut off like it got back from commercial and i just see this like <laughs> the red bull on top of the mercedes i'm like what the hell happened what did i miss <laughs> so at that time it was kind of slow and i'm like how did the most exciting thing happen when i did like five minutes i went to leave and not even just that it's the fact that okay max had the bad pit stop so they shouldn't even be close to each other and then they come out side by side i'm like what how did that happen dude oh my god i i guess lewis must have had like a bad pit stop too but not as bad as max's i don't know <laughs> no yeah, over, overrated, overrated. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, on to that topic. Again, we have re-sparked the debate of Max versus Lewis and giving each other space. And you know what? I don't want these guys to give each other space. No. Because it creates more exciting stuff. <laughs> it's true. So, first one, I believe, was Lewis's fault. Mm. And I, like, I'm indifferent on the two of them. Yeah. I probably prefer Max a little bit more. I, I can't lie. Um, yeah, I probably do too. But, but none of them are just like, I love either one of them. Like, mm-hmm. it's, yeah. But in this one, I think it's a racing incident. I honestly do. Well, it is. And it's it's what's going to happen. I I expect nothing less than for them to be pushing hard, going for every gap they see, and, um, and just sending it, like, out there. So when these like, things happen, I kind of expect it. Do you expect max to pull out of that that late in the race you have to realize lewis pulled out when they said oh well lewis pulled out in the first lap yes because it's the first lap yeah we are now looking at we have already completed our pit stop and now it's we get what we get yeah for first lap nothing should be you know it's it's first lap you you gotta expect stuff to happen like that people are gonna you know take Mm -hmm. the whatever road you have to take where you you know get cut off the curb or whatever re-enter safely and all that stuff Yep. But yeah, there's no real fingers to point real here in my opinion. No, in my opinion it's a racing incident, but obviously the FIA didn't see it that way. Oh no. No. You know they, what? They don't like I don't agree stuff. with it, but I can't dispute it because that's just my opinion. And the FIA must have some sort of data or something. They must right? know they must know better than us, which is weird cuz like we're our opinions are always right. That's what I mean. I don't. That's I don't what I'm get saying it. is my opinion's always right. So I think Max has no fault. So <laughs> who do they think they are? No, I think, think they the make both the of them fault. I think it's a fifty-fifty thing. Max, yeah, you could have backed out. Lewis, yeah, you could have left room. <laughs> Monty, like a, you could have not put a sausage curb there that throws cars back into the track. Hey, oh, that's a good idea. That throws you know? cars on top of each other. <laughs> exactly. There's so many different ways you could look at this. And everyone's like, oh my god, Max is trying to kill Lewis. Okay, it's a 60 mile... It's like a... What is it? An an 80 mile an hour chicane? He was trying to kill Lewis. And what... Like, if you look at... In what world do you believe that Max would drive his car over top of Lewis's head on purpose? Look at... If you just look... I'm overanalyzing this stupid comment, but I'm going to do it anyways. Um, If you look at, like, the onboard camera on Max's Red Bull... At what point do you see him deliberately try to turn in, you know, into Lewis? He's not going to think, oh, I'm going to hit this curb at this exact angle. It's going to bonk my tire right on his head. And it's like, no, he's that's so stupid. But obviously, proud, I'm happy, though, Halo saved Lewis's life. Yes, I was so. just going to mention that. Uh, thanks, another um, win from the Halo. It's amazing. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if Lewis would have died in that case, but it definitely wouldn't have felt good. No, and it couldn't have been very good at all yeah it's just it's not a good situation anything that it stops is good whether it's and, and, like fatal the, not fatal. the mm. one saying that max didn't check up on lewis um max got out of the car looked at lewis made eye contact with him saw him moving around and just kept on going it's not like he <laughs> ran over and was like oh my god are you okay yeah it was you know saw him he was making movements you know if i go over there he's gonna punch me in the face so listen if someone's about to punch me in the face i'm not walking closer i don't know about you I think it's it's just better just to kind of walk away, leave the situation, walk away, and deal with it later. Let the let the FIA deal with it. As long as you see that he's moving or whatever, yeah, then it's like it's all right. Exactly, in my opinion. But 
and and sometimes you're not allowed to like stay by the cars that long it's like you gotta get away as, as soon as possible because be like wiring screwed up or fuel leak or whatever like it's could be and you're still right by the racing track mm-hmm. like even with uh with crash cars like there's a period of time where they can't touch it if the battery's still connected and it could be like gonna blow up so yep so anyway racing incident that's my opinion <laughs> and uh and yeah so um, next we have uh lance and vettel resign that's just a quick thing yeah great we saw this coming cool yeah i uh i um i expected it to be honest mm-hmm. and it's so, great to see from vettel mm-hmm. he seems like he's lance, doing pretty well with it. whatever <laughs> lance obviously is gonna be there uh, anyway so bottas seems genuinely happy and he that's does. Just, uh, like i've seen like interviews and bottas he's showing a tiny tiny bit of finnish emotion and it's awesome <laughs> like like the almost like emotion he was in- he's he's showing is like us screaming at the top of our lungs if we were like if you know he was us it reminds me back when he was in williams and like kind of happy you know yeah before mercedes and he's just especially that interview that he had with daniel i love that interview where yeah. daniel was like you haven't done a shoey he's like no i avoid it every time it's like <laughs> yeah that's the that's the best answer you can see so many um like pictures of like lando and and zach brown and them doing shoeys and Votas's face in the background just disgust. <laughs> I probably would be too. He's like, "What are all these weird McLaren people doing? Like, this is gross. This is disgusting. Disgusting." Uh, but yeah, the Perez penalty. How do you feel about this? Was this the right call by Red Bull to not let like Perez why didn't you give the place back you're obviously quicker why not just get it legitimately and then you're on the podium I mean I get Bottas is closing but it's obviously hindsight's 2020 so we know he wouldn't pass him but like come (laughs) on man this is the two times in two races that you made an illegal overtake and then we're like oh whoopsie doo dah it's a pretty simple thing and it's pretty expected from a lot of people um it's just weird to see when they people don't do it. I don't know. It's just like shouldn't have done it, then do it, and punish for it. Yeah, not a fan. So, moving on, the Schumacher movie. It just came out yesterday. I've watched it. I don't know. You said you were watching it today. Did you watch it? Um, no, I, I didn't. Say no, I, I didn't it's fine. I didn't have time today. Yeah. Uh, I know it was you watched so it. Good. I'm not gonna spoil anything. No, you shouldn't. But I mean, it's it's literally just a documentary on his, like, years in F1. Yeah. So if you know his story, you'll know the movie, which I didn't know his story, so it was even better for me to see it. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. I feel like it would be... It feels like a docu-series. Like, it could be a three-episode special. Oh, really? I feel like that's how it's laid out, in my opinion. You have his early years. I feel like almost four episodes, I do. You have his early years, four 30-minute episodes or something. His mm-hmm. early years, like starting out, his Jordan days. Yep. I think that's the team, is Jordan and like... The 7-Up cars, yeah, Jordan. Yeah, 7-Up and like the battle with Senna. I think that's like the... That would be a good first episode. Mm-hmm. Second episode could be his mid-90s, like mid to late 90s. Yep. And then it ends previewing the 2000 season. Okay. Oh yeah. And you had his two thousand like run and everything, and yeah. the last episode is his two thousand six retirement. Like they could end the the episode with his two thousand six retirement speech, mm-hmm. and then go into the today and the after effects of his accident. Right. That could be the four episodes, in my opinion. That would work. I think that would definitely work. Like, I like that. Like, his first episodes, like, his youth up until the Ayrton Senna crash, and then from Senna off to the 2000, and then from the 2000 on to the 2006, and then from 06 to now. Yeah, that adds I feel up like, to me. Yeah. That, that, like, that makes sense. Anyway, but all I can say is, I never realized, but Mick Schumacher has such a thick neck. Like, I know all F1 drivers do, but... I've seen, like, Daniel Ricardo's, and I understand, like, his is pretty big, but Mick's is huge. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, it's kind of funny, but it's true. A lot of them it's do. It's true. No, 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 no. It's great because, like, obviously, no, no problem there. But I was like, holy crap, he's got a thick neck. Probably like a lot of drivers are like that. We just don't get the camera angles. We don't see it all the time. Oh, yeah. They had to work out their neck. I completely understand why he has a thick neck. But I was like, holy crap, that actually mm-hmm. is really thick. But it's a, it's a movie that you have to watch, like, with intent, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because you can't just put it on the background unless you know, like, five different languages. Because <laughs> it's predominantly in German slash English. Yeah. There's one French dude. And then there's um, a French dude. And there's a little bit of Spanish, I think, in there. Maybe. I don't know. Did you say a French dude and a French dude? Did I say a French dude and a French dude? I thought you said a French dude and and then you said a pause. It's predominantly it. English and German. A French dude, an Italian dude, and um, I, I think there's like a tiny bit of Spanish. And a French dude. <laughs> there's only one French dude, I think. And, and, a, and a French dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I definitely got to watch that this weekend or something. It's really good. Yeah, but what I said like last night after watching it was like I want a story like this on like Dale Earnhardt already has a movie on him like the Dale Earnhardt movie. Yeah, but I want a document yeah. series like this like to yeah. show his effect on that like for fan like I never got to see Dale Earnhardt drive I wasn't even born yet. Mm-hmm. Okay, so for me I'd like to see you know his early days his upbringing what he was like growing up like wh- what other people have seen around him what he was like in the seventies what he was like in the eighties how Junior coming into his life changed him how Teresa coming into his life changed him how. You know, having Kelly, having his kids, having Carrie, having just those and championships, just the effect that he had on other people in the garage area, how he cha- his mantra changed. You know what I mean? His legacy was so impactful on, like, the entire sport. It's so, arguably the biggest. Exactly. I'd say it's the biggest because there hasn't been a driver die since, knock on wood. It's like a anyone, like, if, they, if you ask anyone and say name a, a NASCAR driver, they'll say Dale Earnhardt because, like, the most common known name, like, it's... It's so big. Exactly. And for good reason. Yep. I completely agree. It's it's really um it's really important, I in my opinion, to know like the foundation of that motorsport and who kind of made it into what it is today for everyone, every motorsport. I, I agree. Mm-hmm. What so I'm banking on next Valentino Rossi documentary <laughs> for Moto GP. Right. So I never watched Moto GP. I've watched it a few times, but like I just know Valentino Rossi because, mm-hmm. again, like huge legacy, whatever. Yeah, I think that's it for this episode, though. That's all I got. That's all I got. Thank you very much for watching or listening. I hope you weren't watching. And Please don't watch this. <laughs> <laughs> Peace. Uh, see you later.